0: Welcome to another In-Wheel Time podcast, a 30-minute mini version of the In-Wheel Time Car Show that airs live every Saturday morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Central. And wheels, Concours d'Elegance, this is the In-Wheel Time Car Show on today's expanded live show. An extra hour for you, and we've got some more celebrated guest dignitaries and participants in this weekend's Concours Along with a couple of surprises. And We also have a couple of stories making auto news headlines this week. That and more just ahead on today's live bonus hour of the In-Wheel Time Car Show for Saturday, May 1st. Today's In-Wheel Time Show, sponsored by Bayway Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, Bayway Chevrolet, and Bayway Lincoln. Howdy, along with Mike, out of this world Mars, King Conrad DeLong, Jeffrey Zekin. I've got a question. Before Hold on, Jeffrey David. Zekin, David
1: Ainsley, right. I'm Don Armstrong. David question? and I are wondering, you said bonus twice. We get a bonus, David, for this? There's a bonus <laughs> yeah, hour. Yeah. We get a bonus in this hour. This is the bonus hour. Oh, the bonus! I thought we were getting bonuses. Bonus hour, (laughs) (laughs)
2: bonehead.
0: (laughs) Always a hair joke, isn't it? It is a hair joke because you have none.
2: (laughs) That is the joke.
0: Paul, is it you? Yes, sir. Uh, Pull that microphone up a little bit closer, if you don't mind. Just bend it right off. Uh, There you go. Thank you so much. Paul, have, I, have we ever met?
3: Yes, sir. I think we have. I, it seems like I interviewed with you guys a few years
0: a couple, ago. I was just going to say a few years ago, but it's been a while. Well, of course, this is the first year from the COVID we're back again. Paul Merriman, he's the co-founder of Keels and Wheels. and His focus, from what I understand, is boats. That is correct. Yep. So you're the boat guy half Kieels, of this. The keels. The keels part, yeah. Now, does everybody know what a keel is, the keel of a boat? Uh, I'm getting some feedback or something here. Uh, Is that speaker up a little bit too loud there, Mr. Morris? Um, But at any rate, uh, Mr. Merriman, it is a pleasure to have you here once again,
3: and thank you. It is certainly my pleasure to be here with you guys. You know, the weather sucks. (laughs) The weather is terrible. Well, unfortunately, we didn't get the best weather
0: we've ever had, but everybody's still enthusiastic. And and it's getting better. So we look down the street over here, and we go, wait a minute, there's a lot of people here. There are a lot of people here, not only the people that uh, actually are working the event at Lakewood Yacht Club, but people that are walking here, uh, ready to enjoy all of the cars and the uh, boats that are here. So let's talk about the boats for a second. Even though it says in wheel time, those boats probably were wheeled over here on a trailer, be my guess. At most, least most of them. Most of them were, yeah. yes. Some might have been sailed in here, but um, yeah, do you? I remember, I guess it was two years ago, that we had a, uh, actually a wonderful uh, yacht. I mean, it was a big yacht owned by uh, an older couple, and they invited me on um, board, and I was stunned at the craftsmanship. This was a boat, I can't tell you the name of it, but it was big, and it was wooden, and uh, it was stunningly beautiful, and to see the craftsmanship that go into these wooden boats that you've got out here. Truly amazing.
3: I think the boat's probably back again this year. It would belong to the Blair family.
0: That's it. That's what it was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
3: It is a beautiful, it's a 1941 63 foot Elko uh, built in upstate New York, New Jersey uh, back in the day. That particular boat was commandeered during World War II. That's right. And, uh, and served there. And then, when it came out, then new owners got a hold of it and restored it, and the Blairs bought it about 25 or 30 years ago.
1: So it was a purpose during World War II that they needed that boat. That's why it was commandeered. Yes. Oh yeah. It was it because of the length or the operational part of it?
3: Well, probably a little bit of both. But there were there were hundreds of boats that were commandeered during that okay. period of time. Wow. Just just if they used you know, what we would now call you know Coast Guard boats. Okay. But they were used as Coast Guard patrol
0: boats.
2: Because they, they were already built, and they, they weren't going to be able to build the that's, inventory they needed to do the work they needed as quickly as they That's understandable. Could. I okay, had a chance yeah, to go
0: down to the engine room. Wow. You talk about a detailed, unbelievable thing down there yeah. that powers that boat. It's the boat's jewelry box. Mm-hmm. Which it is. is the engine ex- of a car Yeah, that is, would be the yeah, box. That is yeah. exactly right. Yeah, I mean, stunningly beautiful. You know, we I mentioned earlier that there's some boats here that I, most of them, you know, you, Chris Craft, for instance, there are those names that are familiar to you. But there are some motors, engines, in some of these boats that are out there, at least have been in the past, that I was like, I have no, I've never heard of such a thing. How, where do you get a part for a, a motor like that? And well, I, fortunately,
3: there are some, you know, some outlets scattered around the United States that still have some of the old. And, and they were actually some of the real old exotic boats used aircraft engines. Uh, wow, I did not know that. Yeah, know yeah, yeah, Rolls Royces and lacomings and that sort of thing, right. they were converted for marine use, and most of them were converted during the war period. So uh, yeah, they started building boats after the war, then they took all of these
0: old engines and converted them to marine use and, and put them in the boats. I never, I never knew that. How interesting! Well, when yeah. you think of an aircraft engine, for for some reason, I always think of the big rotary engines, the radials. Right, the radials, right, 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 and yeah. uh, and they 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 made quite a few of those, but they weren't the ones that they're in the boats. No, 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 no. And yeah. We had a
1: guest on uh, at uh, one of our events that rebuilt rotary engines. It was over at, uh, at the yes, tailpipes and tacos. Uh, yes, yes, yeah. yes,
0: yes. We did. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you're right. But um, so the other thing that uh, was stunning to me i think it was probably our last conversation that we had a few years back is the craftsmanship into these boats these are all hand-built boats for the most part they, they may have an assembly line but somebody bent that wood they cut that wood they made that wood to fit and make it watertight
3: ah! and and that's exactly right i've i've been in the process over the past well last seven years of restoring a 1929 Hacker Craft, which were built in upstate New York. It's it's a Hacker Craft? Uh-huh.
0: Okay. Never uh, heard of it.
3: But I needed a new uh, Cutwater, the, the chrome piece that goes, you know, down uh, the, the bow. Yeah, right. Uh, the factory's still in business, and they're still building replicas of those old boats that oh, they wow. built back in the 20s. And I talked to the uh, the factory uh Supervisor and told him that I needed to cut water, you know, for this you know 1929 24 foot hacker, and I gave him the serial number and all that, and he said, "Now, Mr. Merriman, you know that we build each one of these boats by hand," and I said, "Of course I do," and he said, "There are no two of them exactly alike, <laughs> even even in today's modern production, they're still so handcrafted that there are no two perfect." So I thought I could just order a cutwater. A part. A part. And he said, no. He said, we have to have the boat to custom to fit oh, wow. this V that goes to What did to you front. do? Well. Hauled it up there? I'm in the process of making a mold for the bow. Oh, okay. I'll ship him the mold, and then he oh, will have his very cool steel very people cool. fabricated.
0: What are you he- making the mold out of?
1: Uh, cardboard and fiberglass. So you're doing this yourself? Conrad talked to a guest earlier about the exotic woods that are in the boats themselves. Do you find that, that in something about judging? Is that, is that
2: is that, I mean, understanding that a lot of that wood today you're not allowed to bring back into the United States. Um, well, it,
3: it's just extinct. Yeah. There's just so much of it that they built the boats out of in the 20s and the 30s. There it just is no more. There are no trees
1: left. That's right. Yeah. And, and the rarity of some of these yeah. woods. And,
2: and then how does that affect the judging? If, if you've made a repair and you're using a, a different wood in, in, in rebu- repairing or re, uh, rebuilding the boat,
3: it's taken into consideration because everybody knows it's just, it cannot be replaced.
2: Truly impossible to do that, to, to replace it.
3: We can get real close. Uh, there's some of the exotic woods that, to, you know, the coloring will be off, uh, the grain effect may be, you know, pretty close. Uh, but with all the new stains and the technology we've got we can recolor the wood to make it match pretty
0: close Is, How did you how did you hone your skills to be able to do that I mean that that takes a lifetime to be able to do that It's just
3: been a hobby it's fun
0: Ah huh. <laughs> there you go Yeah, well, it's like us car guys. I mean, so there. Yeah, we we do the same thing in a different way. Although there are some wooden dashboard pieces that I have seen created that you're going. I don't know how you did that. I could never do that. You know, there's a real skill involved, craftsman. Yeah.
2: Did Bob Germany put a boat in this year? Uh, Yes. Okay. He's he's one of my next door neighbors, and he every time he's got one of his boats out in the driveway. The crowd of neighbors come over to check out to check out his stuff, and I know he's got four, three or four of them, I believe. And I know, it seems like every year he brings a different one to the show. Yeah, he's uh, a
3: real That uh, he's a Higgins collector. He has several of the Higgins boats.
2: Which the Higgins were generally a World War II produced boat that was mass produced, from what I understood, uh, for uh, uh, landing craft.
3: For military purposes, yes. Higgins built probably. I don't know, probably 50%, 75% of all of the landing crafts used here in World War II.
0: Weren't they out of Louisiana?
3: Yes, they're right out of New Orleans. Wow.
0: How did I remember that? You've you been to Mardi Gras. No. yeah, <laughs> No, uh, uh, I think that I actually watched a documentary on Higgins boats mm-hmm. and uh, those landing craft, especially those out of World War II, and uh, quite fascinating. Uh, it, it has a story unto itself. Yeah. Uh, so there's, uh, there are Higgins here. Uh, I
3: think we've got one or two this year
0: we we've, we've had several
3: in the past but I think we've only got two this year
0: what is the most popular boat to, to show in an event like this
3: either a century or a Chrisscraft
0: a century they're still in business they are and Chrisscraft is too
3: uh, no Chris Craft is back out of business again. they came
0: back and now they're back out
3: that's correct wow century has done the same thing they have been in and out uh, Probably four or five times over the past twenty years. Just
0: waiting for different
2: investors to refund them to bring them back. What
0: what seems to be the common problem with that? Because clearly, if they're in and out of business on more than one occasion, there's a problem. There's just so many boat manufacturers
3: in in the modern industry. Did not know that. You know, you know back in you know you. Back when boating was in its heyday, back in the, you know, in the 20s and the 30s, and, and of course, right after the war, they got real popular right. in the 50s. Uh, but, you know, there were only, you know, a half a dozen manufacturers, you know. Now everybody now and his mother.
0: Now there's hundreds of them, right. you know, so uh, but, you know, it's hard we, to compete. You would think that there would be a market because of all of the boats that were manufactured, but let's just use those two examples, Century and Chris Craft, that those two those two manufacturers would focus on older boats. The that, Yeah, overall. the restoration market and not try to compete in today's market. I mean, is that not feasible? Not feasible. Not You've got least. to have the volume to be able to support the restoration market. That's
1: correct. Are, are there boat dealerships here representing? I mean, are there vendors here like that that you allow to come in, you know, like, like Bob's Marina or vendors that come in and sell boats? Do you have those folks here?
3: Yes. We've got, uh, I think there's four this year, okay. of manufacturers reps yeah. they're here. Dealerships uh, that yeah. have boats on display.
1: Local for Texas or but United
3: States or you, it, worldwide. Worldwide. Mm-hmm. Hi, High-end boats. High-end boats. Yeah. yeah. All we, you know, the exhibitors we have that are you know the manufacturers reps are the large cruisers. None of none of the small runabout boats.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah. I know. A number of years ago, my favorite boat we saw was the there was a Riva out there, with a twin V eight power. T- power plant that was kind of parked right there and mine my, is my, my dream boat would be that boat what a gorgeous piece and riva is italian 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 um what a gorgeous wo- you know just to look at the boat was pretty kind of a dual seating area as well
3: mine's the ss as
0: minnow the <laughs> minnow of course it would be mm-hmm. save up a couple of million dollars and oh, you can own one of those is reasons. that a riva is that a million dollar <laughs> boat mike can loan it to doesn't you.
2: surprise me yeah.
0: Prosperity Bank was here. That's right. So when you judge these boats, mm-hmm. you have a team of judges that you bring in for to judge these boats.
3: They're all boat people. Okay. They either boat owners, boat restores, uh, people that are knowledgeable of the boats themselves. Yes. So
0: yeah, they have their they have credentials. Do you like have you have a Chris Craft specialist and and you you got uh, you know a Century specialist or do they kind of know their stuff with all of them and are, are qualified to judge all of them. Yep.
3: Basically they're they're universally qualified. They know a little bit about all of them. Like boats. yourself. And and they'll be we'll have one or two people that are real specialists in a particular product. Uh, I'm a century guy so they call on me and I go to shows all over the country and they ask me to come and if they have a problem with a century boat then they call me to try to resolve to see if this is really authentic or correctly installed and that sort of thing. But, you know, sentries just happen to be my hobby, so I've i kept up with them. So have you always lived near the water or, or be part of the water, live on the water? Always. Always. So, yeah. so been, so how, been here all my life. I'm 81 years old. OK. Well, <laughs>
1: so you, you, so how did you fantastic. learn
2: the century as a brand? Because they probably had so many different models through the years. Um, how do you get all of that in your head?
3: Well, you just got to like that particular product. It's kind of like a Chevy guy, liking Chevys. Uh um, actually almost exactly. Chris Craft was what we consider the Chevrolet of the boat industry, okay? Back, you know, in the 40s and 50s yep. and been there in their mass production days. They turned out a boat. It had two coats of varnish and out the door it went, and they were mass produced. They could just build, a, you know, hundreds of them a day right. by hand. Right. Century was what we call the kind of the Lincoln Continental oh, of okay. the industry. Did not know that. A lot of chrome, a lot of extra craftsmanship, little nicks and knacks, and you get an opportunity to walk down and take a look at some of them and compare up, you know, a nineteen sixties model. Uh, Chris Graff with a 60s model century and you can you can see the obvious
0: difference
2: in how dressed up the boat would be. Yes.
0: Let me ask you uh, as you're judging um, do are these guys qualified to judge the engine as well? Yes. They are. Yes. So you you not only know the body, the the actual wooden craft itself, but you're also schooled and know about what powers it. And yes. what's what Oh, that's got the wrong air cleaner on it. That's got, you know, a different color of paint that it's supposed to have. I mean, I'm just throwing this out there, but I'm that's using the my... De-
2: that's the detail.
0: The detail of it uh, as far as, you know, a car guy, we'd want to know and make sure that it's got Chevy orange on the paint.
3: Okay. We and do exactly the same thing in judging our boats. Uh, most of these guys that are looking at these things, uh, a lot of the old boats came with uh, like 283 Chevrolet's and through the years they have replaced it with a 350 and these guys know instantly you know I mean just at first glance to a novice pretty similar engine right but these guys know they'll, instantly they'll check what the, they've the, done the, the,
2: the cylinder heads to make sure they're the right cylinder heads the block numbers and stuff just to mean to know that it's period correct now yeah. what about the outboards
0: I mean, do you you have outboards out there? We
3: have outboards out there, outboards, you know, Evan Roods,
0: Johnsons.
3: And Mercury. And Mercury. Are those the
0: three main players? That's
3: the three players that that all of us have. If you've got anything other than that, you've got a modern engine and you automatically lose 10 points. Gotcha. All right. But they didn't make Suzukis and Hondas and that sort of of (laughs) thing. Yes. Yeah, right.
0: And so – what is the what is the oldest runabout out there that you have if you if you know this I know you haven't started just yet but you probably were in on the the uh, Select- registration of it yeah from, so from the, from an
3: outboard point of view or just from the old uh, uh, from the
0: out, outboard point of view because the reason I say that is because you know those three engines that you mentioned they're specific to boating I mean you don't you don't find an Evanrode in a Chevy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you
2: don't find them <laughs> propelling anything on the ground. Everything, everything they've ever built was on in right. the water. So, uh,
0: so um, you know, I, I have watched television shows where a guy is a outboard motor collector, and he has got a garage full of these outboard motors hung on the wall on display, and they go from the earliest days to current, mm-hmm. and uh, it's pretty amazing to me because. We're talking about an engine that powers a shaft. It's got a propeller on them at the end of it, but it's not a inline four, per se, like I would know it. They're all sitting sideways, most of them. And um, I find that fascinating that somebody actually was able to think of how they're going to get the fuel in there without the gravity and make it all work the way that it's supposed to work to get the boat out in the harbor. Somehow or another, they managed to accomplish it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But how do you, I mean, is it like finding parts to a, you know, a 1929 Chevrolet engine? Uh, same for your Evinrude or whatever it is that you've got? I mean, uh, that's all I can think of is, is that there's got to be some sort of a, a parts detail somewhere you can go to buy parts for an old outboard.
3: Well, I think about you know the, the internet has done wonders for us over the past few years. Right. It used to be extremely difficult to buy parts for these old engines. You had just had to you know there was probably only half a dozen you know uh, companies and, in the, in in the country right that would have some old parts and or new or old have stock enough, or just used or ones. have the tools to be able to remake or keep rebuild that part for somebody. You know, but gee, now you can go on the internet and find. Anything. Almost, almost anything that you need.
0: Right. So, Including, uh, if you don't know, people that do know. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, and, and then the person who could reproduce it for you in a machine shop or now, and I know it wouldn't be on, on your level of boats, but, you know, you look at some of the stuff that they're doing with 3D printing right now, that do, 3D printing components to fix older stuff because... They just can't find those replacement parts, but they still need the, the the component to work. You know, it's it's amazing the technology that I'm sure is, you know, coming to the industry for you guys, making sure they can keep all of the oldest stuff running. As Would well. that be an option yeah. for
1: the part that you need? The 3D printing. You said you're making a mold of it to send. Would that be something that you could do, or they will be doing that for you? You the, know,
3: I don't know. That's a very good question because when I talked to the factory, he said. You know, this is the way that, you know, the, in his, his eyes, this was the only way that they could duplicate what Hand-built. I needed. Right. Unless just they, just, just they do to it hand make them over. Right. Besides
0: taking the boat up there yeah. in person. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. But they work by hand, so that's what they're looking for as far as tools to, is to uh, do it that way because yeah. that's how they know how to do it. Yeah. Well, and he said that's exactly the way they do it for a brand-new boat. They build the boat. And here they are in this new modern factory. Uh, they're hand-building this boat. And when the boat is finished, they make a mold of the bow and send it to the steel fabricator to have the cutwater built. Wow. So he explained to me how they did it and how I would do it and just ship him the mold. Pretty amazing. It it really is.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And to have
2: the craftsmen there that continue to to do that type of work is unique as well because that's not something you're going to see the – the teenager learning in Votech School, which is a shame, because I think they need to learn that kind of metal work. But there's, you know, that that skill has to be passed on to future uh, people with a passion for the business. And and if that connection's not being made, it's going to make it very difficult in the future. Paul, as well. what do you look
0: forward well, this, to today? I'm
3: sorry. Go ahead. Uh, well, and I was going to say, uh, in, in in my in my search for a cutwater for this this old vessel, uh, I talked to two different steel fabricating shops. You know that specialize in you know really specialized stuff, right. not run of the mill steelwork, and they weren't interested at all at any price. They just they didn't they didn't understand the concept. They didn't know how to do it. They didn't want to take the time or effort maybe to do it. But interesting. I just I I could not
0: have it built locally. Yeah. Uh, no. Obviously a special skill. Yeah. And they've got the people up there that can do it. Yeah. So what do you look forward to today? When does judging begin or has it already? Uh, judging started about 8.30 this morning. Okay. Uh, we should
3: be just about finished now. Uh, with, the with, batch that I uh, uh, judged, we finished up about 30 minutes ago. Okay. So we've got that part of it out of the way. How many in that batch? Uh,
1: in the batch that I was in, there was uh, 11. 11. Uh, so it's, it's a lot of focus then. It, because if you got 11, you're able to look at everything rather than 50. Well, we've got three-man teams, so
3: each one of us walk up to a boat and we kind of pick out our specialty of that particular line of boat, or you know, design. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we know if you've done this long enough, you know that, you know, this is correct and this is not correct and you kind of know what to do. And then then the three of you, they get together and figure out. And score it. What, gotcha. the, what final score is going to be. Well,
2: plus over time, as, as long as you've been doing this, Kind of some of the boats recycle in for you though, don't they? Yeah. You, you, you see the boats. So let's say ten years ago you scored a boat, um, and you get the chance to see the boat ten years later. Um, are you are you looking for? Did they take our our score from ten years ago and make those corrections? Um, that would be the obvious thing yeah. to me. Well, I would think that would be something that that is. Their objective
1: tell but me what I need to work on. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And and we do, and we pass that information on. Uh, for someone like me that makes, you know, five or six boat shows a year, I'll see a lot of the same boats inter- inter- over inter- and over. Yeah. So, you know, if he had some problems here and and I catch him three months from now and did he do anything did, about you know, it? Did did he get that
1: fixed? Does cash influence the judging? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh that is not yeah, but, part of the play
3: here oh, i can tell that you that i had to <laughs> ask well it's not that i couldn't be bought but hey, you yeah. know it's just <laughs> <laughs> that.
0: paul it's great to see you again thank you so much it's uh it's a pleasure to talk to you and uh your wealth of knowledge is certainly appreciated well
3: it's really a pleasure to be here like i said i'm really glad to see you guys here again and cover our show i'm sorry we couldn't give you better weather but Next I, year, next year, I promise, it'll be better. Okay. I, I
0: know it will be. Paul Merriman, ladies and gentlemen, Yikes. co-founder of Keels and Wheels, and he's the boat guy, the keels part of uh, the program here at the 25th annual Keels and Wheels Concours d'Elegance. We've got more of the In Wheel Time Car Show coming your way in just a second. Are you ready? When you're ready to shop Chevrolet, we know one that should be at the top of your list, Bayway. Locally owned by Houston, born and raised Daryl Wisniewski, Bayway brings a sense of family to your Chevrolet buying experience. When you're in the market for a new or used vehicle, you now have a place to go. General Manager Lincoln Stall guarantees Bayway will beat any competitor's written price on the new vehicle you choose or pay you $1,000. Bayway Chevrolet is located only eight minutes from the Beltway and Highway 288. Whether it's online or in person, you'll be welcome like one of the family. BaywayChevrolet.com tailpipes and tacos is houston's premier cruise in and you're invited to join in whether you're a cruiser or spectator tailpipes and tacos is the place to enjoy made to order breakfast tacos fresh coffee and mingle with houston's fun car people Mark your calendar for Saturday, May 15th for Tailpipes and Tacos at the Luby Tortilla Mexican Restaurant in Katy, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Tailpipes and Tacos is free, and everyone's invited. You'll see collector cars, hot rods, customs, magnificent originals, and resto mods all at one location. Cars from all over Southeast Texas cruise in and show off in a friend's... and.